Craft Beer Radio episode 136, recorded on April 17th, 2009. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer in the craft brewing industry. For the most part, I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. Tonight we are doing a grab bag, a spring cleaning of the fridge, and we're going to be doing some beers that uh, kind of have a theme of, um, of nowhere in particular, other than the United States. <laughs> Tell the big theme. Let's start off with this beer. This is a beer that was... Um, Sent to us by the brewery, Carl Strauss Brewing in San Diego, California. I believe this is a new beer that they started bottling their Tower 10 IPA. So the Tower 10 IPA is 6.5% alcohol by volumes, 60 IBUs. It's available 24-7, 365, so kegs and bottles. The gravity is 16 degrees Play-Doh, and uh, the SRM, they even have a color here, is 14, which puts it on the... RNG scale. Carl Strauss is hitting their 20th anniversary this year. And this is dedicated to their founding. In the late 1980s, amid a sea of neon bikinis, Tower 10 marked the spot where two college grads and a 75-year-old master brewer drew up plans for the first local craft brewery in San Diego since Prohibition. So there's a little bit of history. Carl Strauss is predated Stone and all those other great San Diego breweries like the Lost Abbey. How is this made, you may wonder? They fill the brew kettle to the brim with assertive Chinook hops. To the brim? They say to the brim, after fermentation, dry hop with a blend of Cascade and Centennial hops and a touch of lightly killed caramel malts. You get the hops, you get citrusy you hops, and the aroma, get. and a lot of caramel. I'm getting tons of caramel in this mm-hmm. one. It's it's it. Oh, it's like a little chewy caramel treat <laughs> with a lot of floral notes too. A lot of uh, it's orange candy notes. It's interesting. The beer has good carbonation in the mouthfeel. I think it has a significant amount of carbonation, but it has like no head. That's something different. That's definitely a different flavor. It's it's a lot more malt than you expect from a California IPA, right? But it's hard for me to call it malt heavy because there's a lot of hops in here. Sure, but if you look at your traditional California made IPA, or malt forward, yeah, traditional California IPAs will be you know Way. not as not as copper color, and they'll they'll be like pale malt and hops and hops and hops, and this one is interesting because there's a lot of caramel malt there. It, it's not really an amber. It's it's not it, it's it's a caramel IPA. I mean, it's not really an English IPA. It's not an amber. It's It's a really really unique the the, the aroma is killer. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's an amazing distinctive aroma. It's we sometimes say we want to put aromas on to you know, like the little things you hang in your car. Air fresheners. I don't know if this would necessarily be a good air freshener aroma, but it's so wonderfully distinctive that it's it keeps me like coming back to it just to smell more of it because it's such a different aroma in a pleasing way. It, it, it it's like I'm trying to like I'm sniffing it. I'm getting mental pictures of what it smells like, and it is so caramel. I. What popped into my head was a fresh dipped caramel apple. You know, I mean, not nothing with the apple. The skin's still intact. You really can't smell or taste the apple. Mm-hmm. 
But it's like that. You just dunked it in the tub of caramel and you pulled it out and it's dripping on your fingers and you can just <laughs> smell the caramel. But it's also surrounded by a bouquet of flowers of yeah. some sort. Yeah. It, there's some good citrus there and floral bits. It said they used a lot of Chinook for bittering. It's not really resinous or piney like a Chinook can give you. Mm-hmm. They gave added them nice and early, so it you know mostly it just provided bitterness and not the other flavors of, of Chinook hops. And then it said they dry hopped it with Cascade and Centennial. Yes. And it finishes pretty dry. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's just it, it's an all around interesting beer. It, it's so hard for me to say like awesome and great as opposed to just fascinating and interesting it's compelling it's it's very compelling it's compelling it's a good drinker it's not really a session beer at six and a half but it's a good drinker it's enjoyable reason why it doesn't you know it doesn't get the super a plus plus marks is because it doesn't have uh it, it, it has distinctive qualities but it doesn't have an overall push in a certain direction or an overall incredible complexity toward a certain direction. Sure. Would you buy a case of it? I don't know if I would. Oh, really? I'd buy a six-pack. Okay. I mean, I mean, looking for a, an IPA to you know, last me a month or two in the summer? Uh, yeah, this is, this is it. And uh, I mean, and I'm enjoying the, the, uh, the maltiness that it brings. That, it's you somewhat know, wordy, know. isn't it? I mean, in terms of... I'm not getting wordy, really. I'm getting a more caramel, distinct caramel flavor in a beer than I've probably ever gotten. I say caramel a lot, but I've never got such a distinct flavor as this one. But it's not really coming across as warty to me. And not watery. Wordy. Word. 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 <laughs> yes, word Yes, Uh When we say wordy, uh, most people probably know what that means, but when you, you brew beer before it's fermented, it's called wort. And it's, it's this... It's this barley Kool-Aid type flavor. And mm-hmm. there's something to it that just tastes like wort. And yeah. every once in a while we get a beer that has that worty flavor to it's it. It's just starchy, sugary water, essentially. Yeah. New Holland Red Tulip Ale, which is from one of our favorite brewing states, Michigan. This is a American Amber slash Red Ale, according to Beer Advocate. According to New Holland, is one of their seasonal brews that... They simply say... It's red tulip in that. Smooth flavors of malted barley, underlying hints of dark fruit, brewed in homage to their hometown tulip festival. Oh, I gotcha. That was like a beer called Black Tulip, and I'm not too familiar with either of them. Uh, right off the bat, they have a cap with says IF inside it. They have a capslam.com on their label. I thought Magic Hat had capslam. Maybe they're together. I don't know, but I don't like... Slogan caps. I was following Magic Hat on Twitter for a while, uh-huh. and they never twittered anything good. They were just twittering shit from their cap slam, their caps. And I asked them not to, and they kept doing it. And so, yeah, unfollow. <laughs> These are the dangers of a Twitter account. Yeah. So it, it's um, yeah, it's hoppy, which is good because after we drank the IPA, I was worried. I'm like, oh, what if Red Tulip's like a Belgian golden subtle beer? Again, it's a caramel but there's some hops in there there's an apa type hop in there don't you think you're furrowing furrowing your brow like you disagree with me 
I smell like grassiness. Well, it could be hops. Yeah, but it's just different than I expected. What I'm smelling now is what I used to call caramel. But now after having the Tower 10 IPA and, and true caramel, I'm going to have to find out what this is, what this aroma really is. This is more reminiscent of, of a, a Crystal 60 Barley, where which is caramel, we've, which we've used all, all... Hear me out before you giggle, okay? Too late. Yeah, okay. So, in the past, I have used the word caramel. This is a great to have these beers side by side, because I would have never realized this unless we did. Mm-hmm. In the past, I've used caramel to describe the flavor that comes from a Crystal Malted Barley. In the malting process... Instead of killing the grains and drying it out, they put it into basically an oven that keeps the moisture in and heats it. And so it kind of stews the grains. So it crystallizes some of the sugars instead of just drying it out. Okay. So it gets a, a more caramel, caramelized type of sugar in the, um, in the grain. And when you eat Crystal 60 malt or Crystal, you know, one of those Crystal malts, I'm, I'm sticking with a 60, which is a lighter roast it has this flavor that's kind of caramel, but it, it's still barley flavor. And when you smell this beer, that reminds me of Crystal 60. Okay. Definitely the dark, fruity flavors. It's not going so far into like the prune stage as much as it is kind of a plumish, maybe raisiny. Uh, I wouldn't go so much as... Ra- I see where you're going. Dark fruit, yeah, it, it's... It's kind of just a hint, a, a little a sneak peek at it, because it, it doesn't. I hesitate to say raisin. I think a lot more potency when I say that. Yeah, and you think more like astringency too. Uh, I'm getting still a lot of grassy hops. Aroma. I just took a sniff. Cinnamon roll. No. 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 Too fruity. Not sugary enough. Okay. Too grassy. Maybe if you took a, a cinnamon roll and you rubbed it on the grass. There you go. <laughs> and then, like, rubbed a little bit of uh, plum and stuff on it. This New Holland, unfortunately, is not in the Does My Butt Look Big in This Beer book from Bob Skilnick. That's the one we talked about last time where uh, it has calories and carbs for a lot of 2,000 different Worldwide beers. Side note, have I, ever, have I ever told you why I love Bob Skilnick's name so much? No. There's a line in Clerks where the Russian guy who's Jay's cousin says something like Skolnick. <laughs> and for some reason, it always it always registered with me. Okay. <laughs> Berserker. I'm enjoying it a lot, even though I can't figure out my layman's term for caramel, well, crystal malt. It, because it's not. It's it's yeah. it's it's much more of a bready yeah. flavor to me than it is than it is caramel. It's cinnamon raisin toast. <laughs> you trying to compare it to something? I'm trying to compare uh, it to something that people have a taste profile. But you're for. comparing to something a lot sweeter than what I think it is. Raisin toast uh, isn't that sweet. Cinnamon raisin toast isn't really sweet. Just like the stuff is sliced and you know comes in like a you know bag at the grocery store. I mean, store this to me is more of a fresh breadish, a fresh bready taste in terms of the malt than it is anything mm. caramel. Really fresh, you know. Uh, see, I'm not getting like toasty or, or crusty, like like bread crust 
I'm getting I'm get, I'm more towards in, into the caramel. So maybe stage. while the bread is baking, that aroma. Yeah, but I still think it has to be. I still think there needs to be some cinnamon in there, or something to to get this flavor aroma. I mean, it it, it's, it doesn't taste like Wonder Bread. Right? No, no, I'm not but, talking about. It. I'm talking. I, I would say it tastes more like you know a sort of a, a, a fresh homemade bread than it does. Uh, cinnamon roll or raisin bread or you know a cinnamon okay. or something like that. Okay. Bitterness is is nice. It it um, balances the beer nicely. Mm-hmm. It does not cloying. It's not really dry and chalky or anything. Excuse me. It's not really it d- doesn't have as nearly as dry finish as the Tower Ten. Yeah. This works well. I thought Red Tulip was going to be a Belgian inspired ale for some reason. I thought. Flowers, Netherlands, Belgium, or something. I don't know. So kind of surprised by that. It'd be a great title for a movie, right? An Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, a follow-up to Red Dawn, Red Tulip. Schwarzenegger wasn't in Red Dawn. Was he? No. Wasn't he? Oh, no. Was it Corey Feldman then? One of I always get those two confused. One of the Brat Pack kids were. <laughs> Patrick Swayze, maybe? Was he in it? I don't remember. Red Dawn was great. Especially when you're like 14 years old, go to the video store and rent a movie and get red dawn. And the Russians are advancing on the schoolhouse. And all right, so we're moving on to Pennsylvania for our next one. We got a big old bomber here. This is the Slam Dunkel, double Dunkelweizen ale. Dunkelweizen. All this time it's been in my fridge, and I thought it was a, a Dunkel, a Dunkel, not wheat. Now I'm all excited. I like Dunkelweizens. <laughs> This is from Weyerbacher in Easton, Pennsylvania. 7% double Dunkelweizen. So it's like a Dunkelweizen Bach then, right? Yeah. I mean. uh, made with over 50% wheat malt along with pale Munich and a touch of chocolate. Bitter, uh, they use Weinstefen yeast for the notes of uh, banana and clove. That sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about the double Duncan Dunkelweizen. Yeah, I mean, it just, a, a there's Weizen, so much in there. Why, why throw more malt? But we'll see when we get there. I mean, like beer advocate, which is not the, the best way to judge how they judge, you know, styles. They call it a Weizenbach. Sure, and the label says double Dunkelweizen, but really the same thing. Yeah, this is more of the American interpretation, right? You imperial a beer that's never been imperialed before. Or you double it, and that's right. what they've done here. They doubled a Dunkelweizen. Go extreme. So I'm getting roasted wheat, and uh, so it's a little lemongrass. It's a little bit uh, white bread crust. Is that a good way to do what you get from a Dunkelweizen? I mean, to me, it's banana. Banana, banana, banana. banana. Okay. Well, I'm getting this other smell that's it's, it's this volatilized weirdness that maybe is a little bit of old brown banana peel but so what are you thinking you're making all kinds of faces and you're going back for like your 15th sniff no i just the reason why i was making all kinds of faces is because my mind went off on a tangent <laughs> on a complete tangent <laughs> oh look there's spongebob square pants and that, and that i wanted to bring up and i realized that that was a post-show topic and b i think something we've discussed before anyway what is it buffalo times eight I thought of it because A, I said banana, 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 <laughs> and B, Damien <laughs> reminded me of it the other day. <laughs> In the flavor, I definitely get your bananas. It, it's it's old mushy bananas, but it's bananas. No, it's good old mushy bananas. 
But still bananas that are old and mushy. <laughs> it just sounds funny when you say, yeah, it's good old mushy bananas. Sort of, um, you know what? Instead of mushy banana, I think more along the lines of banana ice cream. I'm going to go like bananas foster baked okay. cooked mushy yeah 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 but i'm saying like the it doesn't it, it doesn't have when i think mushy banana there, there's a there's a texture along with that and uh, I, see i don't think the texture disagrees with what i'm tasting but yeah it's definitely a baked banana bananas foster something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. which i could really go for right about <laughs> when couldn't you go for a bananas foster <laughs> oh man and the aroma and we've had several beers since we did the mead from before I'm smelling the pear or something. Are you smelling any pear? Barrel? The, the nothing? No. Mm. Did you wash your glass out enough? I've had a bunch of beers in there. Yes. <laughs> I'm just smelling something similar. You burnt out your. My nose is busted. Yeah. Maybe it's traveled through time. Well, I got a funny story on that too. <laughs> I traveled through time the other day, so it's. <laughs> Me too. Every day I travel <laughs> yeah. through time. Only forward, though. At the same speed, relatively. <laughs> I go on a plane, and I go slightly slower. Slightly slower. <laughs> so the clove is coming through, too, but it's more in the background, right? I'm getting sure. uh, in the banana front and the, the Dunkelweizen, the, the, the wheat taste, darker wheat, obviously, because it's Dunkel. Some people say Dunkel. I just like saying Dunkel. I don't know why it it just it sounds better to me, but slam dunkle doesn't sound nearly as it's good as slam dunkle. No. See, it's like slam dunk basketball, but it's, for me, when, ever since I first heard, it, I think slam dance for some reason. I think mm. mosh when I hear this one. But dunkle just sounds like a more impressive name than dunkle to me. But along those same lines, we talked. We recently had a show where I said vit beer instead of wit beer right. again, and. Rory. We uh, we got another comment that, from Rory. from Rory. We've got a comment about, about this before, but Rory commented again, or Rory commented, but it was another comment, a similar comment we had a couple of years before that said Wittbier is actually correct in Germany. No, but, no, no, well, not Germany. In, in uh, he said it was from the Netherlands, yeah, okay. which is pronounced the same way as Flemish, which right. is what Belgium would do. Right. So in in is. the Netherlands, which is pronounced the same way as it is in Flemish. Uh, which is the same, same as Dutch. So it's correct there, but wit beer sounds more characteristic here to me than wit beer does. Even though I think Hefeweizen sounds a lot better than Hefeweizen, I don't know why it is. I don't know why we get into these modes, but I, I kind Selective of. Selective Americanism, I guess, yeah. you know. I don't know. It's it's a very good question. Yeah, I mean, because I would never say Hefe Hefe. I see. I can't even say it. Hefe Whites, yeah. Hefe Weiss, Hefe Whites. I just doesn't make any sense. Um, and you but know, you hear Weiss beer sometimes. Even you though, hear it, but I would always say Weiss beer. Yeah. I don't know. I I was told you know when we started this show that Germans W equals V, but for Belgians W equals W. Maybe I got bad information from the get-go. But there's still something... Next time we talk to... Hey, at Saver, when we ask Peter... When we talk to Peter... There you go. That's we'll an excellent, excellent... Peter Brugard from New yeah. Belgium. We'll ask him. He'll know. 
Okay, here is a beer. This uh, is from Long Trail Brewery. You had a beer? Yep, beer. Long Trail Brewery. They've been in uh, the market here for about a year, a little over a year, I think. They're from Vermont. This is the Hibernator. Hibernator. They're from Vermont. They're all about hiking. Their slogan is, uh, take a hike. <laughs> Maybe that's where I got the uh, thermal <laughs> hiking part. <laughs> Oh man, did you ever see the movie Idiocracy? <laughs> I should say they're all about the outdoors. It is an unfiltered Scottish ale. Oh, nice. Uh, 25 bitterness units, 6% alcohol by volume. Introduced in winter of 1995, the malts, I love this one, they give a lot of good information here. Two row wheat, crystal, chocolate, caramel, and black. Hopped with nugget and Mount Hood. The aroma on this one, yeah. I mean, being a Scottish ale, you shouldn't expect much hops in it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, there's no hops. It's, it's this, uh, malty, there's a little bit of peat aroma to it. And while the malt, Scottish ales hardly ever use peat smoked malt, they tend to have this peaty, boggy type aroma and flavor to it. And I'm getting some of that, as I would expect. Uh, the style history of the Scottish ale. Scotland's agricultural history helped create the country's most popular beer style, Scottish ale. Barley is one of Scotland's most abundant crops, while hops have never flourished in the Scottish landscape. The abundance of barley in Scotland's exclusion from England's malt tax of the 1700s gave brewers the opportunity to brew a hearty, barley-rich beer. Yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. That the, is, I mean, I love a website that gives you all that information about the beer, gives you information about the style. Yeah, all right, so the um, little That's more, great. little supplemental information for you and our listeners, Greg. Uh, hops were imported because they didn't grow in Scotland, so thus there's an excise tax, and the Scottish people are proud folk who are, are I don't want to say cheap, but they don't like paying those taxes. Braveheart, anybody? They, they, um, they, this uh, style of beer that doesn't require any hops or, or hardly any hops, use the minimal hops required. And so it's a malt forward beer with tons of flavor. Really smoke, smoky's not a great descriptor. Smoke like, peaty, and not much hops in it. And uh, and that's the Scottish ale. And uh, different levels of the Scottish ale. There's the sixty shilling, the seventy shilling, the eighty shilling, the wee heavy, and the Scotch ale. And this has to do with the tax rate of how much um, grain was used, how much alcohol is in the beer. So the 60 will be the lower alcohol beer. The 80 will be the higher alcohol beer. And then you have Wee Heavy slash Scotch Ale, which are the strongest. They're the strongest Scottish-style ales. I'm getting a little bit of hops, actually, now. And I got a lot of malt, but I got this this hops. And it, it actually reminded me of a, um, not an earthy hop like you expect from an English or a Britain-style beer. But more well, of a, they use Nugget. I mean... okay. That explains I'll get it, Mount Hood. Okay, so, yeah. They're getting, high alpha acid ops, but only 25 IBUs, but there's still no... It's like one pellet in the whole brew kettle. Yeah. Um, nugget makes sense to me, because I'm getting this this more citric, but it's not like Cascades. I got this more citric thing than I expected when I took that sip. Kind of um, an orange punch to the face. Did you really call it a punch in the Scottish Ale, though? That's that's what Nugget is, I right. think. Oh, yeah. Nugget, straight out in, a, in an APA or IPA, yeah, yeah, it's a punch. 
Ooh, I like the aftertaste on this one. I'm getting a late aftertaste where it gets a little... I hesitate to use smoky. Because what smoky can mean, you know, very powerful, very acrid. It's just this little whiff of of smoke that's coming through there, a little bit of, of peat. It's it's enjoyable. Now, Scottish ales are... are I know how much you love your peatiness. Peatiness? Yeah. That's a callback. The more I drink this, the more hoppy it tastes. When I first took a sip, you know, we had, you know, some pretty big beers and hoppy beers earlier. And this one tasted fairly malty, but the more I drink it, the more Americanized, the more, hey, let's put a little more hops in the Scottish wood in this beer is what I'm getting. I think that's that, that's a good, that's true. I think that just those nugget hops, they come through so, so big. Yeah. Here we go. We talked about styles. Pretty hoppy for a scotch. For okay, a scotch so let, let's get away from the style and say how great point. I didn't say I didn't like it as much because it wasn't traditional Scottish, but I did not say that. So let me. I'm enjoying it. it this is the end of our second show for tonight, and I'm I'm really confused on what I'm tasting because we've had a lot. At, at this point, I'm I'm tasting American Pale Ale. It's really weird. So don't. I, I'm not credible at this point. In yeah, time. it's closer to an APA than than a Scotch ale, I think. Yeah, I'm just not, because of the way those those hops are coming through, but yeah. it, it it's it's in that middle it, ground. It it's in a, it's real, a fuzzy area. First couple of sips, it was really malty. Uh, first couple of sips, it was really malty, but now, yeah, it's hoppy. It's APA. All right, so that's uh, that's the end of the beer run. Let's see what we think. About rank. This is a interesting and tough one. Cause nothing was spectacular, but nothing was bad. So I'm just gonna have to go kinda on whim kinda on my own just sort of whim here and pick out go for it. What what I like the most. And I think, I think I have to go with the slam dunkle, slam dunkle, whatever you want to call it, simply because I love the style so much. Okay, it's it's a it's right in my wheelhouse. It's a it's a style that I just absolutely love. I'm a big fan of wheat beers, really big fan of wheat beers that present their esters and their uh, and their right. phenols. Yeah, if I if I get a, a wheat lot. beer, I want. Pepper and banana and clove and bubble gum. I love that. And the Slam Dunkle does it very well. So I would say Slam Dunkle would be my best favorite beer of the night. Because it was so interesting, I think you have to put the Tower 10 IPA next because I think it's something that people should try. It was such a unique and, uh, and, and uh, a beer that was not conventional at all. Right. Uh, and it was hoppy and so caramelly, yeah. And, and just yeah, just I'm at a loss for words because I've never had such a good combination of those two flavors that where one wasn't sacrificed. You know, this is this is a, it turned out to be a great show for a conversation because none of these were really well. This, the Dunkle was kind of on style, but the, the rest of them were not the really. Dunkle's a double Dunkle Weizen, yeah. right? And so that was off. The one that I think was on style the most was one you disagreed with, where I thought the red tulip was a double was an APA. So, yeah, and the red tulip to me tasted more like a strong ale. I'm going to put 
uh, I'm going to not say take a hike to the hibernator and put that as third. Okay. Uh, because I did enjoy it. And I enjoyed the Red Tulip, too, but I just think the other beers outshined it a bit. So that's going last. All right. My order is the order we drank them in. Oh. Uh, the uh, number one is the Carl Strauss. The, I just said it a second ago. I won't spend too much time on it again. Yes, we can hear you up there, Allison, banging <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> uh, hops and caramel put together in a position where neither of them were compromised. It was interesting and new for me, and I enjoyed it. Number two is the um, the Red Tool Bay PA. I I liked it. I thought it had a lot more barley caramel uh, crystal type character to it, but I thought it was right on style and enjoyable. The Slam Dunkle, I enjoyed it, but it was I didn't think the phenols puss stood out as much as they needed to. They were a little bit muddy, mm-hmm. and well, again. Mushy is, is what you said. Well, bananas tasted mushy, right. but the phenol flavors were a bit muddy in hindsight. And while it was good, it just didn't have that extra credit, you know, um, extra piece to make it, you know, stand out. And then the um, the Scottish Yale, the Hibernator from Long Trail. Take a hike. No, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed <laughs> it. It just not as much as the other three. Uh, this is a show for me, you know, just try to, you know, say, you know, I don't think any of the last two beers are subpar. They were all good beers. It's just, you know, personal preference on which one you dig the most, I think, tonight on this show. Absolutely. Isn't really every show, though? Probably. For the most part, although sometimes style will dictate how we choose. Yeah, yeah. Bring it back to the style. All right, everybody. Bring it all the way back. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Craft Beer Radio. And uh, see you again next time. Yep. Check us out on Twitter. Greg's almost done Twittering, though. He doesn't Twitter much anymore. No, there's not much to Twitter about anyway. Yeah. All the news has happened already. <laughs> I'm still on Twitter. Twitter and stuff. Jeff Bear. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah from the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders